Welcome investors to Global One Media Stocks to Watch. We're spotlighting uranium today with a company that has a rich exploration program powered by multiple projects. I'm your host, Michelle Martin, and today we are spotlighting Pure Point Uranium Group, a uranium exploration company with a pipeline of nine advanced uranium exploration projects in Canada's uh, Athabasca Basin. Have I got that right, Chris? You did get that correct. Thank you. <laughs> Where, fun fact, two of the largest high-grade uranium deposits on Earth are found. Today, we ask, how are Pure Point's assets different? And what is this company's long-term game plan? Time to speak with Chris Frostad, President and CEO of Pure Point Uranium Group. Chris, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Michelle. It's good to be here today. So I understand that Pure Point has recently engaged in strategic developments with three major mining companies. What sort of capabilities do these companies bring to the table? And can you share a little bit more about the partnerships and how they align with your strategic long-term goals? Sure. It's uh, uh, we have we have partnerships with three major mining companies right now, and it's it's very different. Um, there, there's a lot of various partnerships that will occur amongst uh, exploration companies or developing companies. But when when you're partnering, when an exploration company is partnering with a with a mining company, they're always thinking in terms of what happens if we have to mine this thing, even though it's an exploration property. So the the uh, discussions and negotiations and agreements and, and the things that need to be put in place are, are far more um, complicated because we're we're predicting all the various permutations and combinations of things that could happen in the future. Should we should we actually find anything? Um, we have uh, we have uh, two uranium partnerships right now with uh, Cameco and Orano, two of the largest uh, uranium producers in the world. And those uh, both those projects um, are uh, we own 21% of, 27% in the other one. And uh, and so they're funded primarily by the majors. And uh, we'll be back there in January. Uh, we just completed um, our, our technical committee meetings uh, with those uh, with those two companies and pro, uh, provided our proposals for the work we want to do starting in January. Uh, we got our budget and our marching orders, and uh, we're we're going to be back out there drilling in January, as I said. So uh, that's uh, that's that's the exciting part of, of of what we do is is actually starting to poke holes in the ground and and see what uh, see what's down there. The other uh, announcement that we made uh, last week. Uh, was uh, a relationship we now have with Foran Mining, right. and this is a uh, this is a project that's a little bit out of our out of our uh, uranium bucket. Um, but when when things were slow in the, in the uranium market a few years back, uh, is when we pick we were able to pick up a number of, of uranium projects. But we also picked up a project uh, kind of to the south east uh, in Saskatchewan, a lot of property there. And as we did a, a little bit of work on it to see what we what we picked up. Um, it, it started to look more and more promising. And in fact, uh, it neighbors uh, Foran's uh, large mining project right now. They have a, a VHMS project uh, that during the tenure of our holding and looking at this property, they've now developed, they're developing it into a, into a full-blown mine and probably one of the largest projects of its kind uh, in this part of, the, of Canada. Um, and then they've been exploring right up to our property and the trend seems to continue right across it. So uh, it, it's, it's not uranium, but it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting project and uh, they have now 
they're now optioning and earning in on that project. They'll be spending $6 million uh, to earn a majority uh, ownership on it. And if, uh, if, if things go really well and their, their mind uh, extends into that property, it could be worth another $10 million to us up front or, or a 20% partnership in, in getting that mine going. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting project as well, although it is not uranium nonetheless. Um, it's, uh, we are in the business of finding things, so we keep looking. You mentioned it's not uranium three times. So what are the expected outcomes <laughs> of this collaboration, Chris? Well, it's it's actually, like I say, VHMS, it's a volcanic hosted massive sulfide project, um, which is typically copper and zinc. Uh, Saskatchewan is, has quite an abundance of, of resources, uh, oil, diamonds, gold, um, copper, zinc, and and a lot of uranium and lithium and potash. It, 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 has, uh, it, it has got a lot of things going on here. So um, this, this particular project, as I mentioned, was just... Uh, something we 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 caught eye of uh, when the when the things were quiet, and uh, we were able to find a partner to to move it forward. So uh, the, it'll be fully their resources working the property and working the project and advancing it uh, in alignment with with the mine that they're developing. While we we focus on uh, uranium, the the thing we like the best. You recently received approval for an exploration program for the Hook Lake project. Congratulations. Tell us about the primary goals for your winter drilling program and how the findings from your previous uranium intercepts, how will how will history guide this exploration? Well, yeah, Hook Lake is, is one of the projects that we partner with Cameco and Arano, and it is uh, next door and adjacent to probably two of the largest uh, uranium finds in the last 10 years. Uh, there's about 350 million pounds of, of uranium just sitting off of our, off of our claim line. Uh, so our, uh, our, our partners and ourselves have been working that area uh, quite extensively over the last number of years. And even more recently, there's been other discoveries in the area. So that whole part of Saskatchewan, which is on the other side of the province from from where all the current mines are is really now opening up as a as a as a major source of of, of uranium finds we uh last uh winter we started working on a on a on a, a uh, parallel uh area target area um and uh we had our first drill program out there we started uh, we drilled six holes seven holes and uh, near our last hole we started to come into a lot of the uranium, the boron, the, the alteration, and all the good things that we like to see when we're, we're getting close to something. So that was right at the end of that program. Uh, we will be uh, following up on that uh, starting in January and uh, get the drills turning and, and see where that one takes us. It's a uh, it's a it's a large area. It's untested and it's probably one of the one of the uh, uh, you know one of the last opportunities for a tier one project uh in the basin um our partners really can't free up budget for something that uh doesn't look like it can be a monster so we're uh, our hopes are high there a lot of expectation talk to me about technology so i understand you have a scheduled exploration program the smart lake jv project uh pure point demonstrating a real commitment to innovation and particularly when it comes to exploration techniques talk to us about your drilling program and how your transient electromagnetic surveys at the Grooms Lake Conductor, how will this contribute to, you know, um, your ability to explore the Smart Lake project? Exactly. Well, Smart Lake is, is another project that we uh, partner with Cameco. Uh, 
Uh, it is a project that we uh, were last drilling about 12 years ago, uh, and then everything lit up next door at the Hook Lake project. So we were we were, we were distracted, uh, but we did we did start to drill into uranium right off the bat there, and uh, we're going back and uh, doing some geophysics. So one of the aspects of looking for uranium in and where the really where the technology comes in is 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 honing in on on the right the right uh, targets to drill. Um, if you're prospecting with a drill, you'll run out of money pretty quick. So we do a lot. There's usually a lot of surface sampling, a lot of uh, geophysical surveys of various types uh, that that help us narrow down where it is we really we really want to uh, focus our, our drilling efforts. And this is a uh, a deep sensing uh, geophysical survey that we'll be doing uh, on the north part of the property. Uh, which is the next area that we really want to start testing with a drill. So we'll be um, we'll be we'll be covering that area early in uh, early uh, well probably late Q1, and that will that will really refine uh, the targets for our drilling program uh, that will follow up shortly thereafter. What do you say to potential investors listening in? They might be sitting on the fence, wondering about the potential that Pure Point Uranium Group offers. What do you say to them? Well, you know, it's it's as as exploration companies go. I mean, it is uh, if if you're watching the graphs and watching what what's going on, we're all sort of riding that same curve. It's it's hard to value exploration property because you haven't you haven't proven that there's anything actually there yet, and and so it's hard for investors to differentiate between them all. But you know, we because of our relationships, because of the way we've approached um, our communications and, and the work we do, I think we you find that that we we pretty much are riding that average uh, in terms. Terms of share price and share price movement, uh, and particularly in relationship to the uh, the price of uranium, which has been skyrocketing lately, um, I think you know what 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 it comes down to. If you're going to really break away from that curve, is is you have to make a proper discovery, which means you 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 have to you have to be able to demonstrate that the odds are with you um, uh, to uh, to maximize and maximizing those odds to to make that next discovery. And I think we do that. Uh, by uh, making sure that we have a full pipeline of projects, it's not it's not one hail mary over the fence. Uh, we have uh, opportunities right across the basin, and uh, and uh, and now with with the the markets coming back the way they are in the uranium space, uh, we all have the capital to get out there and work it. And I've I've got to say that uh, for all the money that it, that is going into exploration over the next year or two, there's undoubtedly going to be a find or two um, produced out of all that work. And uh, I like to think that that. Uh, uh, we're we're on top of the odds on that one. Chris, final question for you. We've seen prices uh, for uranium soaring past eighty dollars per pound this year. Uh, what are your expectations for the price of uranium moving forward? Well, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of characteristics that come into play when we're looking at the price of uranium. Uh, uranium has to get up to that eighty dollar mark and stay there for a while before we can start opening up any new mines or or reestablishing mines that that were shut down during the downturn. Um, the thing about uranium prices, a couple of things. One is that it's price inelastic, and that is um, it's a small component of creating nuclear power, uh, 5 to 10%, unlike, unlike uh, most other commodities, coal or, or gas, where, where most of the cost is in the fuel, which means that uh, once you start up a reactor, you're not going to shut it off, and you better know where that fuel is coming from. And so whether the price is $80 a pound or $160 a pound, it will still get purchased. So the high price does not slow down the purchasing of, of the commodity. Um, the other thing that's happening uh, 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 newly in the last few years is really the division in terms of uh, politics. And that is to say, most of the countries that utilize 
uranium fuel don't actually have uranium fuel. They buy it from the countries that do. So Australia, Canada, um, Niger, um, these are countries that, that are in Kazakhstan are rich in uranium, but the countries that are using it are China, the United States, and, and France. So and and with the the sanctions, with with the wars that are uh, happening currently, with uh, um, with with a number of the political divides, it's becoming more and more difficult to secure that uranium. So it's not a free flowing trade like it might have been ten years ago, and that's causing the price to go up. So I think we've got a lot of pressure on the price of uranium going up. We definitely have a supply gap right now. There's there is we're running into a shortage. Um, and um, and I think the the price there there's really no lid on how how high it can go. To be honest, um, it's it's really a matter of uh, supply not not uh, not keeping up with demand. And and so I think although you know eighty ninety dollars a pound is a is a is a is a proper price for this stuff, uh, we may see what we saw ten fifteen years ago, and it when it hit you know one hundred and twenty one hundred and forty dollars a pound. Really interesting. Well, thank you so much for this look at PurePoint Uranium Group. They trade, by the way, investors on the Toronto Exchange under the ticker PTU over the counter in the U.S. as PTUUF. Chris Frosted, President and CEO of PurePoint Uranium Group, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Michelle. 